0: The motorsports world is where legends are made, the unthinkable happens, and barriers are broken. One man harnesses the power of an industry every week. This is the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor, with Jim Beaver.
1: Well, how about that dramatic intro, man? Switching it up for 2020. Welcome to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I am Jim Beaver, your host, as uh, that very, very dramatic intro said. Uh, oh, we'll keep that one around for a while. Maybe we'll switch it up here in, uh, in a month or two. But, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks to everybody tuning in on uh, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Radio. Uh, thanks to everybody tuning in uh, on the Sports Byline Network, on uh, networks across the country, AFN, our good friends in the uh, American Forces Network overseas, uh, as well as all of our on-demand listeners at downanddirtyshow.com, Apple uh, podcasts. I don't know, like CastBox, Stitcher, Pandora, I don't know, we're like all over the place at this point, uh, Spotify, uh, I don't know, I'm missing a bunch of them, but uh, thank you guys for tuning in, much appreciated, and uh, you know, we've got uh, an interesting show today, obviously a uh, big one, Daytona 500 just happened. It just uh, just went off. Uh, it was earlier this week, got delayed from Sunday, ran on Monday. Uh, yes, we are an action motorsports show, but uh, massive, massive storylines coming out of Daytona. Uh, Ryan Newman, who we now know is okay, walked out of the hospital uh, under his own power a couple of days after one of the most horrific crashes probably in NASCAR history. And uh, we are definitely going to dive into talking about that. Probably the safety aspects of NASCAR. I got my good friend and media director, Chris Leone. Um, He is going to be calling into the show. He also doubles down. He's involved with iRacing and eNASCAR. Uh, he's a ma- massive NASCAR fan, automotive journalist. Obviously, he works for me full time as well, uh, handling my you know staff writing and things like that. But uh, this guy knows NASCAR. He knows the safety aspect. He's worked with uh, you know he worked at the series with Bull Global Rallycross for quite a few years. Knows a lot of the NASCAR teams. Going to be fun to have Chris on. We're going to kind of dissect uh, what happened in Daytona. You know, we I, honestly normally in a week we wouldn't be talking a lot about the Daytona 500, but I think. Everything that happened at the event – Means we need to talk about it because I feel like there's overarching themes for all of motorsports that happened at Daytona. So we're going to get into that. Also, going to get into uh, obviously power rankings. We've got Tiffany Stone calling in. We're going to talk some off road with her. We got uh, Laughlin this weekend. Um, We got, uh, what, Mint 400 coming up. Um, You know, so we got a lot to talk about here. Also, some big news on uh, Athlete of the Decade I want to dive into as well. So a lot coming at you in these two hours right here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show. That's right. Powered by Polaris Razor. Whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in wet and dry conditions, or a summer performance tire designed with a driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the all-new G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, cruising with a down and dirty radio show since 2012
4: conditions off the pavement are always changing so why settle for a light bar that just turns on and off the rigid adapt is a revolutionary new light bar that will automatically select from eight beam patterns that range from a widespread 90 degree flood to a 15 degree spot based on your vehicle speed try that with your knockoff light bar a dash mounted controller allows the user to toggle between adaptive mode beam patterns and rgbw accent lighting with Adapt, it's easier than ever to own the night. Looking to have some fun
1: on four wheels? Dirtfish Rally School has you covered. Packing as much adrenaline and adventure as you can handle into high-performance all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive Subaru rally cars is where the fun begins at Dirtfish. Just 30 minutes outside of Seattle and Snoqualmie, you'll get a chance to train up to three full days with some of the country's best instructors and be put through the high-octane rush of rally on mud, dirt, and tarmac. Get started today and call 425-888-7715 or visit us online at DirtFish.com and use code 911 for a 15% discount.
0: Life is all about sound. The sound of sports, the sound of the racetrack, and the sound of your vehicle. Don't drive around listening to this. Drive around listening to the sound of performance. Gibson Performance. Gibson Performance Exhaust is the company who can turn this...
1: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor. And uh, welcome to uh, everybody tuning in on uh, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Radio, Sports Byline, and uh, uh, everybody on demand on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, our website. Uh, Doing things a little bit different this week uh, because, you know, obviously Daytona 500 happened, but uh, there was a story that was bigger than the actual race. And uh, because of that, I decided I was going to – we're going to move our Power Rankings to this opening segment this week and uh, probably our opening two segments. So uh, I enlisted uh, my media director, Chris Leone, who does Power Rankings with me. Those of you tuning in on Sirius, you're going to be hearing him for the first time. But, uh, uh, Chris, I know we're going to get to Power Rankings, and our top five will explain those uh, in a little bit for those uh, listeners that are first-time listeners to the show. But I think, uh, you know, I got to say, you are a bigger NASCAR fan than I am. You have been since I've known you, you know, and uh, I'm a NASCAR fan, but definitely not on the level you are. But Daytona 500, we all know how big that is. But I think the bigger story here is, is you and I were texting throughout this race that was delayed until Monday. So nobody even got to watch the race until Monday, you know, because of weather and things like that. But you and I were texting and one NASCAR, it's getting a little rough. Let's put it that way. That's that's going to be the nice way to say it. I know both you have, both of us have uh, kind of relationships with NASCAR through eNASCAR. So we're, we're going to be politically correct here, but some of the drivers were taking some, uh, I would say, some opportunities very liberally, and uh, you know, and then at the end of the race, it actually had nothing to do with any of the rough driving, but the the accident with Ryan Newman. I know you and I were texting, and it scared us both to death, literally, and and that was, you know, uh, one of his four teammates there pushing him, trying to get him to the victory, and, uh, you know, the crash was just, you and I were thinking the worst, and thank goodness it came out a whole lot better than what we thought, but I mean, kind of let's talk Daytona 500, Chris, because this was a, w- it was a wild weekend, I mean, starting with the rain delay, racing on Monday, rough driving, the Newman crash, I mean, at one point, I think half the field got involved in a tangle-up, uh, you know, and it was... I don't know, Chris. It was it was a nutty five hundred.
3: Jim, if I had to sub up if I had to sum up the whole Daytona five hundred weekend and the experience this year in one word, I think it would have to be exhausting just from everything you said. Not that it was necessarily a bad race or anything. Oh, it was a good race. Yeah, obviously there are yeah, I mean there there are some things that are just, you know, a little larger than you know, who crosses the uh, line first and obviously, you know, the number one thing that's been on everybody's mind this entire week has been the health of Ryan Newman and to see him actually walk out of the hospital under his own power, you know, holding the hands of his two daughters was nothing short of a miracle. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we've we seen lots of things happen in the world of motorsport. There are few crashes this You know, in this day and age that really shake us to our core from a safety standpoint, which is, you know, to the credit of people, unfortunately, being reactive at first, Uh, you know, I know in NASCAR, obviously, the big catalyst was the death of Dale Earnhardt, but, um, you know, just everybody was very guarded on Monday night when we didn't have an update uh, you know, before before the broadcast ended on Ryan Newman's status, I mean, there was, there was so much reason to worry, but seeing under 48 hours later, not only seeing him standing up and smiling, but also leaving the hospital, I mean, that is nothing short of a miracle. And really, really the health of everybody who competes in motorsport, and I don't care what form of racing you're in, whether you're a NASCAR driver, whether you're out competing in the desert this weekend in Laughlin, whether... You're drag racing in Arizona this weekend. It doesn't matter where you are, you know, health and safety, being able to go home to your family is paramount. And I think it was Denny Hamlin's spotter who actually said this, uh, you know, the day after, because obviously Denny won that race. And, you know, the drivers have no idea when an accident like that happens no. across the finish line that something bad happened, uh, you know. So Denny goes out and celebrates because anybody who won the Daytona 500 is going to celebrate, especially if they've got no idea that the incident behind them was as bad as it was. But, you know, he said, Denny spotter said, you know, if Denny gets to go home to his family, even if he finishes last, then I did my job, you know, and that's, that really is the most important thing. And I mean, now that we've covered that, (laughs) yes. um, Very, very aggressive racing. I mean, you know, the cars, they really just seem to drive different this year. And I know that we're part of it is because we're out of the restrictor plate era. Um, you know, we're just, so we're seeing speeds actually that are a little bit higher and we were definitely seeing guys top out um, at, you know, in the low 200s, which is something that, you know, if, if you've been paying attention to NASCAR over the past 30 years, you really haven't seen that since, you know, especially on a super speedway since about the late nineteen eighties, you know, before I was even born, to be honest. Isn't
1: the um, record isn't the record you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but uh um awesome Bill from Dawsonville, Bill Elliott. Did it doesn't he hold the record on a super speedway at like two hundred and thirty something miles an hour or two twenties? I don't know what it is, but doesn't it doesn't it, isn't it some like absurd, almost like an IndyCar type speed that that Bill Elliott holds a record
3: for? Yeah, Bill holds the NASCAR qualifying record at about two twelve, and there are other times when people have driven without a restrictor plate where they have gotten a little closer to IndyCar speeds. But uh, you know, regardless, it was it was a big change, and you know, as part of it, one of the other things that you were seeing was you were seeing a lot of tandem driving. Uh, you know, guys getting behind one car behind the other and having the two car tandem kind of work again and you know that's something that i think has always kind of produced great and interesting racing but obviously it's something where the slightest error or mistake or you know push at the wrong time could cause some you know serious problems i mean we saw that with the biggest wreck we saw that with uh Joey Logano trying to push Eric Almirola and instead sending him into Brad Keselowski and causing probably the biggest wreck of the 500. And I know Joey has caught some heat for, uh, you know, doing something similar in the Bush clash as well, uh, the previous week. So, you know, it's something where, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about the biggest, certainly the biggest stock car race of the year. And, you know, probably one of, if you're a casual, motorsports fan or not a motorsports fan. One of the only races over the course of the year that you will know of when it's happening or maybe pay attention to. So, I mean, you can understand obviously why guys are making the aggressive types of moves that they are. But yeah, I think after all of the safety initiatives that we've seen over the last 20 years, you know, the air has kind of been, you know, there's been a bit of that air of invincibility. And I mean, I have heard people say and frankly i think this is one of the most uneducated comments you can make about racing but i've heard people complain about racing being too safe um (laughs) you know you will never you will never get rid of that element of danger entirely and we certainly saw that on monday night that hopefully that scared enough people straight to the point that we will see it a little bit less risk-taking the next time we go to a super speedway hopefully there will be a couple of other changes i know that the six car Ryan six car and the i believe the 32 of Corey lajoy which was the one that hit uh newman's greenhouse as that car was flipping i think both of them got taken back to nascar r&d so hopefully uh you know there's going to be a lot that people will be able to learn from this incident hopefully we'll be able to keep cars in the ground which is something that i know ryan has been an advocate of for well over a decade and hopefully you know we'll just continue to refine and you know continue to refine these race cars make them safer um and you know that's a lesson that i think any form of motorsport needs to uh you know always always put first it's something we've seen with indycar recently where the aero screen has been implemented and you know. It's it, it, it's just the most important possible thing that you can be doing in motorsport. I mean, there's there's a difference between inherent risk and unnecessary risk. It's something that Tony Johns, who I know has been a motorsport professional for much longer than I, has written about a few times. And you know, Tony is somebody who's worked in NASCAR. And you know, when he when he kind of explained the differences between those, to me, that was the moment that everything kind of clicked those were the words that really have put it into place for me there's inherent risk in motorsport and there's unnecessary risk in motorsport and you have to accept the first but not only do you not have to accept the second you know our priority needs to be to minimize the second at all times we don't need unnecessary risk you know we don't need to make motorsport more dangerous than it already is we don't need to play that up for attention or excitement or anything, the race, if if it's a good enough race, then it doesn't need all of that. So, you know, hopefully everything that we've seen, you know, coming out of Daytona, hopefully everybody's going to be able to take a look at what we've seen, learn from it and, you know, just build safer race cars. And, you know, as for the 40 drivers who are on track, hopefully they're going to, you know, be a little more guarded in some of the moves that they make and, uh, you know, having safer race cars, ideally, if there is an accident, because, you know, race drivers are human, like the rest of us. Hopefully those accidents will end with more and more drivers walking away immediately.
1: Well, I completely agree, Chris, uh, with all your thoughts there. I know uh, we are going to take a short commercial break, and we will get into power rankings when we return here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
2: That's 800-472-5145. Not too
7: long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government
2: Once again, that's 800-932-5517. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Salute cheapest prices on US and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531.
5: You're listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. All killer and no filler.
1: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Eraser. Jim Beaver, along with my media director, Chris Leone, here. And uh, we're getting ready to jump into power rankings. We've been talking uh, a little bit about Daytona and, uh, uh, you know, the the Ryan Newman situation there. I think both of us and actually the entire, entire motorsports community thankful Uh, Ryan Newman uh, walked away. Well, I can't say walked away, but he walked out of the hospital this week, and I think uh, with his family, and that is definitely a good thing. I know before we switch gears, there was a meme I shared. uh, You know, everybody's shown the picture of uh, Ryan Newman with his two kids walking out of the hospital, and there was a meme, and I had to share it. It was that picture, but it said, uh, you know, there's all the memes that go around the Internet, Chris, with Chuck Norris, you know, and he's a badass, right, you know? And it said, uh, you know, when Chuck Norris goes to bed, he checks under his bed for Ryan Newman, and I think that pretty much sums it up. Like Ryan Newman, if there was ever any doubt that that dude is just a tough sob, like the it's squashed. Like that guy, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. If I if I get cornered in a dark alley, I want Ryan Newman having my back. He is one tough, uh, he is one tough dude, man. Um, but uh, we we need to switch gears here and get to power rankings, Chris. We got uh, looks like we got about 11 minutes to get our top five power rankings in. So those of you serious listeners haven't heard what our power rankings are, We take the top five performances of the week. It's a seven-day window. Uh, Sometimes we get a little liberal with our usage of that seven-day window um, and extend it out just a hair. But uh, basically it's a seven-day snapshot of the world of motorsports and the top five performances Chris and I think happened in that week. Sometimes uh, ours are close. Sometimes we have two completely different uh, top fives. But that being said, Chris, let's roll into it. Who do you have at number five on your list in power rankings for this week?
3: Well, Jim, number five, we are going to start in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium for Monster Energy Supercross and the uh, first 250 East weekend of the year. We've been watching 250 West throughout the year. You know, they've put on a great show and uh, Yamaha kind of the dominant brand over there with uh, Dylan Ferrandes and Justin Cooper. And it looks like there is going to be a lot more blue on the podium based on what we saw in Tampa from Shane McElrath. And a big change for him. He used to be a KTM rider uh, throughout basically his 250 career, but uh, made the move over to Yamaha for the East class this year and, uh, you know, managed to hold off Chase Sexton, who was the champion of that class last year, managed to beat uh, Jeremy Martin, who we know is healthy and hungry, managed to beat a number of other riders that are either looking for a fresh start in 250 this season or, just really geared up to try and make their move uh, up to the 450 sooner or later. So uh, Shane McElrath starting off the season the right way with a victory. So I have got him at number five on my list.
1: Well, I will definitely get to Sugar Shane McElrath at some point. Uh, He's a good friend of the Down and Dirty Show. He's been on the show, I I would say, four or five times at this point. Uh, Always a big fan of Shane's. And he's one of those guys you know at some point he's going to make the move up there to uh, 450s. He's just been that damn good on a 250. Um, but, uh, I will get to him in a minute, but at number five on my list. And, uh, as you know, Chris, sometimes I just don't judge performances. I, I throw news stories into my list and that's kind of my thing. And, uh, <laughs> I think this is one of been one of the big headlines of this past week and I've got to have it on my list. I think it warrants the number five, um, because he is literally one of the faces of IndyCar and he was going to be out of a ride this year, but I got to go to the mayor of Hinchtown James Hinchcliffe. Uh, who uh, secured a ride with Andretti Autosport, one of the premier teams for the two, uh, the two races at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the 500 and the GP, as well as the Indy 600 in Texas, with an asterisk that Michael Andretti put out there saying we could run him at uh, even more events in 2020. So uh, – You know, this is a guy that literally is the the most I I guess he's been voted like fan favorite driver. I don't know how many years. Uh, He's just a personality. He's a good friend of the show. We've had him on countless times. I think the IndyCar world was nervous. What would happen with uh, Hinch not being in IndyCar this year? And uh, I am thankful that Genesis and Michael Andretti were able to put something together. And uh, we're going to say Hinch, even though it's an abbreviated schedule in IndyCar. To me, that's big news.
3: Yeah, awesome news to see that Hinch is on the grid for even a limited schedule, and I don't doubt that he will be back full-time in 2021. Like you said, he's certainly a friend of the show. Um, Andretti Autosport has always been very good to us on the show, so you know, going to be cool. I am sure that we're going to hear from James on the show sooner than later. Um, For my number four, though, I am actually heading over to Sweden and probably one of the most difficult WRC events of the year not because of the inherent challenges of the snow for Rally Sweden, but because of the fact that this year's route was just changed and shortened dramatically. I don't think anybody really knew what they were coming into, but uh, you know, rallies like those can be great equalizers, and sometimes you can get surprise winners, and that is exactly what we got with Elton Evans and Toyota. Uh, just his second WRC victory, his first since joining Toyota, he had been in the M-Sport family for quite a while uh, had some difficult, disappointing performances over there, you know, did take his first victory with that team, but you know, there were, there were definitely some question marks about Elton Evans career over the past couple of years and how long he was going to stay in the top class of WRC. But the good news for him, you know, takes a victory with Toyota. It was a great performance for Toyota with uh, first third and fourth, um, overall, but, uh, You know, for Evans, big weekend uh, statement victory for him, I would say, and certainly proof that he has what it takes to hang tough at the top level of uh, international rallying. So I have got him at number four.
1: Yeah, Sweden, that was an interesting one. Everybody wonders, what happens if you run a uh, snow rally on uh, gravel? Well, we, we found out at Sweden uh, a lot of things happen. Um, but uh, moving to number four on my list, I'm going to try and speed things up here a bit. But uh, uh, I'm going to go with uh, who you had at number five, Shane McElrath. He's on my list at number four. All the reasons you said, Chris, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's always a front runner in the 250s, doesn't – you know, it, it just doesn't even matter the season. You always know Shane's going to be right there fighting for a podium. Starting out the year uh, swinging on the on the East Coast with a victory. Uh, Got to go with uh, Sugar Shane at uh, number four on the list.
3: <laughs> no doubt, Jim. And uh, for my number three, see, what's interesting is I kind of – I feel like I have a read on the rest of our list. And this does not always happen, but I think we're going to be really similar in our top three because I am staying – in supercross for my number three i'm moving up to the 450 class i'm going to eli tomac uh, for the serious listeners i feel like i have been over the past couple of years just ruthlessly hard on eli tomac for winning all of the outdoor titles but never having the championship in supercross but uh he seems pretty determined to right that wrong this year uh i believe it was his third victory of the year in tampa he has taken the points lead away from ken Roxon who has, held, who has uh, held it for most of the year. You know, I, I, this really has the makings of a magical year, I think, for Eli Tomac. And, you know, he, uh, admittedly, Cooper Webb has started to, you know, inject himself into that championship discussion, have the win in San Diego, has been racking up the podiums. But Tomac seems just super, super determined to finally get that Supercross Championship monkey off his back in the 450 class. And with that victory in Tampa... Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if this weekend in Dallas and, you know, over the next couple of weeks, if he's able to actually start pulling away from Ken Roxton in that points battle. So I've got Eli Tomac at number three.
1: Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think you're right. I, I'm kind of speechless here because now I'm seeing the way things lay out. And there's no possible human way we have a same top three. But uh, I got Tomac at uh, number three on my list, Chris. Uh you gave the the most solid intro you possibly can. I've become a Tomac fan the past couple of years. Uh he's obviously one of the most dominant guys of the past uh you know few years. Uh he's you know, he's he's in that title conversation. You know, there's a there's a pretty tight race right now with him and Roxon. Um, you know, there's a few others that can sneak in there as well. But uh Tomac, big, big victory for him. I think he's taken two out of the last three. Uh, in Supercross, or two out of the last four, I can't remember. Um, but uh, Tomac, uh definitely a, a solid, solid number three on my list, which makes me uh, a little bit nervous about this number two. Are, are the stars going to align, Chris? Are we going to have the same top two?
3: I kind of think we are, Jim. And uh, for number two, we are heading down to Daytona, and it's really tough to put Denny Hamlin as my number two, but obviously I think we know why where you know why i'm gonna have to do that i mean let's be real winning three of the last five daytona 500s winning two in a row becoming just the fourth driver in history to do that i mean i remember i had like i think it was a diecast set as a kid where i think it was uh it was richard petty it was Cale yarborough it was sterling marlin all one back-to-back daytona 500s and when i was a little kid they did a commemorative diecast set of those three cars uh well i'm thinking that uh Lionel might need to uh, break out the molds on that one and add a fourth for Denny Hamlin because that is a set that I would love to have you know on my desk in (laughs) in the office because god what an impressive what an impressive performance Denny Hamlin had just throughout the day you knew he was going to be there at the very end and you know the way that things kind of Bent in his favor when he got passed in the backstretch by Ryan Newman and Ryan Blaney doing the tandem drafting. He didn't panic. He just kept running his race. He let it develop the way that it needed to. And he, he took it at the line in the photo finish. So, you know, at this point, Denny Hamlin is basically the plate racer, the same way that Marcus Ambrose and AJ Allmendinger used to be the road course racers in NASCAR. Denny, Denny is your guy if you want to win on a restrictor plate track.
1: I agree with you, Chris. Hamlin is definitely my number two for all those reasons, which means I think both of us have Mr. Ryan Newman at number one.
3: Real world superhero. That's all you can say after seeing him walk out of the hospital on Wednesday night.
1: Well, I think the best way to sum this up is, uh, you know, what you just said, uh, real world superhero. And uh, with that, we're going to take a short commercial break here on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor, back after this. I'm Polaris rider Jim Beaver. I race trophy trucks professionally, host a Down and Dirty radio show, and also travel the country announcing motorsports events. I've seen it all, and trust me, I've done most of it. So when it comes time to relax on the weekend, nothing is better than taking time with my family in our Razor vehicles. They've got the reliability I need to just pick up and go explore the desert dunes or trail and have the capability to attack even the harshest terrain. If you're looking for some of the most reliable and safest and hands-down most capable off-road machines in the world, look no further than Polaris and their award-winning lineup of Razor vehicles. Whether you want your daughter to experience off-road driving for the first time in a Razor 170 like me, take the entire family out in a Razor XP4 1000 on the weekend, or shred the desert and dunes in the all-new Razor XP1000 Fox Edition, Polaris has you handled. Take my advice and join me and some of the best drivers in the world by driving a Polaris Razor. Check out the full Polaris Razor lineup of Polaris.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris Razor Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor. You know, we're going to switch things up here. Uh, This is our power hour on Sirius XM. They are the first hour of the show. So if you're enjoying what you uh, are hearing, make sure and switch over. Uh, You can catch the second half of the show on Sports Byline, uh, AFN for you international listeners. You're already tuning into that or uh, over on uh, Apple Podcasts. But uh, we're going to change things up because there's a big, big storyline that broke uh from the associated press this past week and I thought I wanted to chime in on it because completely through shade at uh, all of motorsports in general like just completely through shade um they basically named their athlete of the decade so basically they took a a a snapshot two thousand two thousand ten 2010 through 2019 they named LeBron James uh the athlete of the decade now LeBron James uh You know, we're not going to argue LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I mean, I throw him up there with, uh, you know, with Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. You know, if there was a Mount Rushmore, I think those are your dudes right there. You know, obviously there's some other guys arguably in the conversation. You guys got like got, got guys like Magic Johnson, um, Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, you know, Mailman Carl Malone. He's he's in that conversation. But I mean, all time greats. Definitely, if you had a top five, LeBron James is in the top five. I don't think anybody is going to argue that. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, those three definitely in there. Um, For sure. And I think, uh, you know, Will Chamberlain, obviously, you know, it's pretty easy call on that too. But so, you know, LeBron James, you want to pick the greatest basketball player of the past decade? Hands down, absolutely. Yes. Signed, sealed, delivered. No arguments. But for them to completely discredit... Motorsports in general, because when they wrote this up, they discredited it a lot. But uh, you know, it, it's one of those where I, I gotta gotta read some stats here on on a few of the things because, you know, you look at and this isn't just motorsports. I guess we got to get into a larger conversation, but I think the shock value name was LeBron James, right? But Michael Phelps, I mean, do we know what that guy's accomplished? Not just in his Olympic career, but the past decade. Uh, Dudes won nine gold, three silver Olympic medals. Arguably the, not even arguably, he is the greatest swimmer of all time. Floyd Money Mayweather, hate the dude. (laughs) Seriously, I dislike Floyd Mayweather. But he's hands down the greatest boxer of the last decade, arguably of all time. Eh, I don't know. Muhammad Ali, obviously, in that conversation as well. Got guys like Holyfield. But the last decade, hands down. He won all ten of his fights, nine against against world champs. John Bones Jones, another guy I dislike. This guy's dominance of the UFC. We don't even need to get into the numbers. I mean, uh, Simone Biles, You talked gymnastics, 19 world championships, four gold medals in the last decade. Usain Bolt, the fastest guy on the planet. Um, you know, you start looking at things like that, and, and the list goes on and on. And even in these lists, there's one guy who is completely left out of it. One guy left out. And I think... How are we so stupid to leave him out? How is the Associated Press so stupid to leave Lewis Hamilton out of this conversation? You want to talk about dominant athletes of the last decade? And I'm just not talking motorsports. I mean all of sports. Lewis Hamilton... This guy has been Formula One. Not only the face of Formula One, he is the most dominant force on the planet. Also one of the most highly paid athletes on the entire planet, but the most dominant force in the past 10 years, from 2010 through 2019. Lewis Hamilton, five Formula One World Championships. That's half of the entire decade he won those World Championships. And trust me, I know he's had better equipment, yada, 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 still, That's hard to do. And not only did he have five world championships, he had 73 wins. You know how hard 73 wins in any kind of auto racing is? I don't care if you race at your local dirt track in an old Ford Pinto. It is hard to get 73 wins. Not even talking about, at the grandest stage of them all, Formula 1? 73 wins. And let me tell you, two of those wins came at the Monaco Grand Prix, which is the Crown Jewel, the Pinnacle, the Wimbledon, the Indy 500, the Daytona 500, the World Series of Formula One, the Monaco Grand Prix. He took two victories there. And Monaco is getting even harder to win because of the way the track layout is, and it's so tight. Two victories at Monaco, 73 wins just in that decade, Five formula one world championships. And then I started thinking, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So we, we got to compare it to, to compare it motorsports and what Lewis Hamilton. I'm like, all right, we're going to go and take the top, the top NHRA driver, top NASCAR driver, top IndyCar driver of the last decade. Let's compare stats. All right. So you go to IndyCar, I'm an IndyCar fan. You guys know this, right? So we go to IndyCar, Scott Dixon, Scott Dixon is Arguably the best IndyCar driver of the last, well, I don't even know how you can argue it. Everybody's going to tell you, Dixon, he's the man. The past decade, hands down. Now has he? You can't even say he he kind of he he kind of went off into the sunset. Dude's still dominating. Uh, obviously, I won a championship in a few years, but the dude's dominating. So in the past decade, Scott Dixon, three IndyCar championships, twenty-four victories. Now keep in mind, IndyCar doesn't run as much as uh, as NASCAR does or even NHRA, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's right around Formula 1. So, you know, you compare apples to apples, that's crazy that Hamilton has 73 wins. Scott Dixon, three championships, 24 victories, no Indy 500s in that time period. There for Scott Dixon. And I'm not discrediting Scott. This guy is dominant. He is, you ask anybody in the world who's one of the best racing car drivers in the world, hands down, every every single person will have Scott Dixon on that list. Dixon is that good, but he's not I won't say he's not as good as Hamilton. His stats don't equal at Hamilton's did. All right. So let's go to NHRA. My boy, Antron Brown. Yes, he has been the top NHR driver of the NHRA driver of the past decade. Steve Torrance. He's come on strong as of late. If he would have got that title from Brittany force, I would say he would be in the uh, conversation along with Antron Brown, maybe even a little bit more dominant last five years. Steve Torrance is a man whole decade. You got to go with AB. Um, Antron Brown, three championships in NHRA top fuel. That and Funny Car, to me, they're equals as the top division in NHRA. So, uh, you know, you, you just you, – nobody in, nobody in Funny Car has equaled that. So we're going top fuel. Three championships in top fuel, right? He had uh, – he's got 50 career wins in top fuel. Those date back to, like, 2008. I didn't have time before we went to air, I know. Party foul on the host part, to pull his stats – so you know you know some of those even if you say give him forty wins forty five wins it's still it's still shy way shy of the seventy three wins that Lewis Hamilton had all right so Antron Brown most dominant NHRA guy yep, not up to Lewis Hamilton right. So then let's go to NASCAR. A lot of NASCAR fans, a lot of NASCAR fans discredit everything. Arrogance of NASCAR fans is there sometimes, right? Formula One doesn't exist. IndyCar doesn't exist. NHRA, what's that? We go in circles. We race Daytona. We are the best. All right. So we're going to talk NASCAR. The most dominant driver of the past decade, Mr. Jimmy Johnson. That is right. Jimmy Johnson, the most dominant NASCAR driver the last decade. Three NASCAR championships, and those, you know, he, he's got, what, seven in his career, three came in the last decade, 36 wins in the past decade, and one of those wins came at the marquee crown jewel of NASCAR, the Daytona 500. So, you've got Jimmy Johnson, three championships, 36 wins, a Daytona win. You got Antron Brown, three championships, what, 40 to 50-ish wins. You got... uh uh, Scott Dixon, three championships, 24 wins. None of it comes close to Louis Hamilton. Five world championships, 73 wins, two wins at the Monaco Grand Prix. I mean, and he's not even in the APs. He's not even in the Associated Press, like, radar? Like, not even there, not even a blip on the radar, Nothing. And I am not taking anything away from LeBron James, but how did they come to that decision? Like, for real. I mean, and not even to have somebody like a Michael Phelps who at the world stage has accomplished what he accomplished. Lewis Hamilton, not even in the conversation. Floyd Mayweather, not even in the conversation. Simone Biles, not even in the conversation. Crazy. And now Serena Williams, they did give her the female athlete of the decade. Um, you know, she's not even in that conversation though. And she should be overall. Like, I'm just looking at it, you know, John Bones Jones, not even in the conversation. I mean, do we even bring in action sports? Supercross, I didn't even talk about Supercross, uh, you know, and the runs that uh you've had Ryan Dungey make. Um, you know, and you had uh what, Ryan Villapoto make, um, you know, in the championships. We haven't even got into motocross and supercross, or Moto GP for that matter. Um, you know, so I'm just looking at it though, but you know, and I guess what gets rubs me wrong about this is the AP, the associated press, they didn't even include even in their footnotes, like a lot of these others were included in the footnotes and then they tried to justify, Oh, well, LeBron James shifted the culture of the NBA, allowed guys to go out and get more money and yada, 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 you know, and I don't know, like, to me, I, I don't, I gotta, when you're doing an athlete of the decade, to me, it's cut dry, you look at the stats, you know, and I hate to say that, because I, I applaud what these guys have done, you know, charity-wise, things like that, you know, what they've done, built schools, I mean, more and more that comes out of Kobe Bryant, the guy was just complete class act, but, you know, like, so, I don't know, something like this where you're crowning an athlete at a decade, I do it black and white, cut and dry. I look at the stats, and that's it. Me, it's all a numbers game, right? And when you talk a numbers game, you've got to include some of these others. You know what I mean? And that's how you make this equal is a, is a numbers game. It's black and white. You have to have it that way. But for Lewis Hamilton, not even to be a blip on the AP's radar – How does that work? How can they be so blind? I mean, who signed off on this? You know before that goes to print, somebody had to look at it. Like, how was Lewis Hamilton not even in the conversation? 73 wins in a decade. Five world championships. I'm not talking, yes, I'm not even talking like the NBA. They can call them a world championship. But, you know, that's just played in North America, right? Right those aren't true world championships formula one that's a global game right that that's a global game five world championships 73 wins and the marquee crown jewel two wins at the monaco grand prix he doesn't even make the conversation we've got something wrong with the associated press for that to be going on like seriously i have absolutely no idea how lewis hamilton and and this is coming from a guy yes it i've admitted it like I appreciate Lewis Hamilton. I've become a fan the past couple of years with some of the stuff he's done off track and really tried to go and and, uh, do some things for drivers and cost-cutting measures for teams. He's really become a voice and an advocate and used his power for good. I applaud Lewis Hamilton for that. That's not even coming into the conversation, though. Strictly stats-based game? Who are you taking? Are you taking LeBron James or are you taking Lewis Hamilton? I don't know, I would love love, love to know uh, what your guys' thoughts are on this because I know where I'm rolling. I'm taking Lewis Hamilton on my team rather than all my all decade team rather than LeBron James, hands down, no questions asked. Not only that, but you know how do we have this conversation, and soccer's not even in the conversation, right? LeBron James, we're not even talking, you know, and I'm t- I mean I say soccer, you know, European listeners, you call it football, whatever. How, how is soccer not even in the conversation here? like I don't know this is uh this is crazy I feel like sometimes they want to be the first to go out with some shock value story and some big thing but think about that what they wrote for the associated press and the athlete of the decade that's going to stand for 10 years that's not something that goes away next week you crown this guy athlete of the decade and yet you didn't even have all the all the I guess all the Candidates in the conversation, how, how, how does this work i don 't know i'm dumbfounded here. This is one of those times where I would absolutely love to have love to have Twitter chime in. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Is LeBron James the athlete of the decade? Does Lewis Hamilton deserve to be in the conversation? I think he does. You guys correct me it's at Jim Beaver fifteen on social media. Hit me up. We are going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be back here to the General Tired Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
4: Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. Call the Debt Helpline
2: now. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. That's 800-957-6063.
8: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
5: Available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
1: Welcome back here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show powered by Polaris Razor. Uh, Just getting done with a little bit of a rant on uh, the Associated Press and Lewis Hamilton and... uh, uh, I don't know, we, we got on one of my tangents, and I get on from time to time, and uh, that definitely uh, definitely was the case in that previous segment. So looking forward to uh, all of you uh, chiming in. Let me know what you think about this AP poll, and uh, or not poll. I wish they would have actually taken a poll, because I think it would have been drastically different. But uh, who do you think is the athlete of the decade, and should Lewis Hamilton be that guy rather than LeBron James? Anyways, uh, hit me up at Beaver 15 on social media. Um, This is what we call Power Hour here on the Down and Dirty Radio Show. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you serious XM listeners here on Dan Patrick Radio, hop over there to uh, Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button, smash it uh, to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, leave a rating review if you want, but uh, yeah, that's how you're going to get hour number two or on the website. If you're tuning in on uh, on AFN or Sports Byline, you guys are going to get hour number two right here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you guys just hang tight, but uh, we, we got a lot more to come. So, coming up in hour number two, uh, we are going to kick things off with uh, probably a little bit of Dirt Fisher. Rally Report. And then we're going to roll into uh, Tiffany Stone. Yes, my partner in crime. She's calling into the show. And uh, you know what? Uh, We are going to be talking a little bit of KOH, a little bit of off-road, maybe something about uh, auto show season. I know Cleveland Auto Show, she's heading out there to do some work. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, probably uh, some of the cars that we're expecting to debut in the next few months. And uh, um, I don't know, we're going to get into a little bit of auto talk and some off-road here in hour number two on the show. So uh, as always, love to hear from you listeners. Ping us, uh, ping us on social media if you got any questions for T Stone myself. And uh, I don't know, we got one, one, I guess, one segment to close out the show. I haven't done fan questions in quite a while. So uh, maybe we'll be taking your questions off of Twitter. And uh, I've got a few of them in the bank as well. So uh, maybe we are going to uh, move into some fan questions here on the show. Because, uh, man, it's been months, months since we've done fan questions. We've been that busy. So all that and more right here on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
9: Thanks for tuning
5: in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
1: Welcome back here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor, our number two. Uh, If you're just joining us, uh, you missed a power ranking, some NASCAR Daytona talk, a little on Ryan Newman, and uh, a big rant on the AP and uh, their Athlete of the Decade, Not even having Lewis Hamilton in the conversation. Yes, that bothered me. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we are here for hour number two of the show. Please, uh, you know... Check us out uh, over there on Twitter at Jim Beaver Fifteen. If you got any questions, uh, we will be doing a big fan question segment to uh, cap off the show today. Uh, moving on, it is uh, our Dirtfish Rally report for this week, brought to you by our good friends at Dirtfish Rally School. Find out more information on the web at www.dirtfish.com and use that coupon code Down Dirty DF. It'll get you fifteen percent off any and all classes up there at Dirtfish Rally School. And uh, Dirtfish, they uh, they've got a full on media company going now, so check them out. Dirtfish.com, all your rally update news and everything else and uh, you know but uh, big rally news it was rally Sweden, one of the iconic events on the WRC calendar this past weekend, and uh, one of the I guess the big news coming out of the event was is uh yeah it's normally a snow rally and uh it wasn't so much snow that is right uh sweden and the rally you know you always wonder what's a snow rally look like without snow well you saw it at wrc sweden uh made them uh, really change all the stages have to shorten things really threw a wrench into the game plan of uh of you know i guess uh the world rally championship uh and you know I guess one of the big things and one of the big takeaways from it is we had a winner that uh, people weren't expecting. Uh, we had Elfin Evans taking home uh, the victory there at uh, WRC Sweden. Tannik in the second spot. Rovan Perra in the third spot. Ogier and Lappi going to round out your top five there. So, uh, yeah, WRC Sweden wasn't what we expected, that's for sure. Uh, It wasn't short of exciting, that's definitely for sure. Lots of excitement, but not the excitement uh, that fans and I think the WRC wanted. So, for more information on WRC Sweden, including full results, a recap, and uh, a lot of uh, video, head over to DirtFish.com. They are your source for rally information globally. That is DirtFish.com. And uh, if you want 15% off, you want to head up to DirtFish in Seattle and uh, take some classes use that coupon code down dirty df that is down dirty df and that is going to get you 15 percent off all your classes up there at dirt fish rally school and let me tell you that place is insane it will not disappoint sliding subaru rally cars around uh man nothing better than that so we will be back after this right here on the general tire down and dirty show powered by polaris razor Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to uh, welcome my partner in crime, Tiffany Stone, to the line. It's been a while since we've had you on, T-Stone. I know we've had uh, KOH. You're in, uh, what, you're in transit to Auto Show in Cleveland. But uh, we got a lot to catch up on. Mint 400 coming up. We're now on Sirius XM. I just dropped our uh, KOH podcast. So, I don't know. We, we have a lot to talk about today because it's been far too long.
11: No, I know. It's it's in a minute, um, it was always obviously good to see you when we were at King of the Hammers. This year was incredibly, incredibly insane. I mean, obviously that first weekend, it's the Can-Am opening weekend that they had out there. And, and you know, it's just crazy because normally we see 50,000-plus people. And I think in the first weekend alone, there was at least 35 40,000-plus people there the first weekend alone.
1: You know, and it's funny because that event has got to be so big there it's not like people, there are people that do it, but you know, if you wanted to go out there and really be there from wire to wire, you'd be out there Wednesday through probably what Sunday. Um, you know what I mean? Which yeah, is, Sunday. Uh, uh, almost two full weeks, you know, and, and people can't do that. So like in my case, I come in and I'm there Thursday through, um, I think Sunday night, Monday, um, you know, for the UTV opening weekend. And then, you know, and then it's like, there's this whole crowd that comes in for that. And then they kind of dissipate. And then there's this whole crowd that comes in for, like, the Ultra 4 race. And there's some that go wire to wire. But it's got so big, it's like people are picking and choosing when they come in. And, like, either we're going to do UTVs or we're going to do everything else. Like, I I don't know. It's just it's kind of cool that it's got to be that big where it's actually, like, two different events. But it's all one big event.
11: No, I agree with you. And that's the crazy thing because – you see it die down a little bit. So it kind of dies down Monday, Tuesday. And then before the big race on Thursday, people start coming back in on Wednesday or I'm sorry, the big race on Friday. And um, people start coming back in Wednesday, Thursday, for like a long weekend type thing. So it was really, really cool. Um, I did the smart thing this year and rented a house about 15 minutes. I could leave my door and be right at the gate of Hammertown in 15 minutes, which some people are like, Oh, you got to leave and come back. But waking up and not having dust, or dirt in every part of your body and being able to take, you know, longer than a five minute shower is something that I will gladly drive into Hammertown.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I did the same thing this year and my house was, uh, it was a little bit closer. I think it was probably 12 ish minutes from Hammertown. It wasn't bad, but I got to say like, I I'm kind of sold on that whole situation. Like I hate to say it. Cause a lot of people be like, Oh, that's sacrilegious. You got to camp. I've been out there and, you know, it, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling the house thing. You know, I was there most nights till like nine or 10 o'clock. And then, uh, you know, and then you just drive to the house and yeah, I, I don't know. And by UTV, we could be to Town in five minutes.
11: No, exactly. And, you know, and there was different ways to take in and like you can take in ghost road from different areas, um, different routes to go in. Obviously, we all find, find our little like sidetrack routes, but. That's, like, honestly the best thing because, like you said, it depends on how people are like, oh, you need to camp there. Until I told everybody when the wind was going, you know, 40-plus miles per hour for three, four days, and everybody's like, I just want the wind to stop. And I'm like, I have a house, and it's beautiful. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I got to say, this This was actually the first year that uh, I went out there, and I've spectated before, things like that, but I really, like, got into the rocks. And I got to tell you, that place is just insane. And especially on race day, to actually hike into some canyons and stuff like that. Like, I got to tell you, that race, I feel like it lends itself. Like, the deeper you want to go into things, the more exciting it gets. You know what I mean? Like, you can sit in Hammertown, you can watch the Jumbotron, and it's not bad. But, ah, let me tell you, you get out into the rocks and you really start hiking into some canyons, man. You get to see some rad, rad stuff, Tiff.
11: No, and that's the that's the cool thing that like I saw from it all. Like you were saying, just being able to hike in, being able to see all those like different random spots, and you know we we always talk about being able to have the best seat in the house. Sometimes you know where we are announcing because we get to see everything happen right there, right in front of us. We don't miss the camera view, but being able to be in it and like really engulf yourself in it is is kind of cool, you know, especially because like we were just saying, you know, the deeper that you get in, the cooler things that you get to see.
1: Yeah. I will say, you know, I I spent some time during the UTV race the first lap and I watched pretty much everybody come through backdoor their first time. And you know, backdoor is infamous, right? But I got to tell you is I feel kind of bad for a lot of the UTV racers, especially the like top couple, like you get in there. One, you don't know what to expect Two, There's, so ridiculous many people there and like you know that's like you got to kind of nut up when you go down that uh go down back door and like I feel bad because like I don't you know if you put it on on its lid like I don't think anybody blames you because like it's kind of a bit of Russian roulette there but like that's got to be intense for a driver to show up to back door. You got, you got 10,000 people lining the walls of this Canyon and now you've got to send it off a 10 foot cliff, you know, and it's like, kind of hope for the best. And it's like, it's got to be a little bit nerve wracking as a driver because there's a really good chance you're going to put it on its roof. And, uh, you know, you got all these people watching and you know, they've all got their cameras rolling and you're going to be an instant internet famous, you know?
11: No, I, I agree with that. And then, um, you've you've been there many many years before this year they it's like the unofficial backdoor challenge you know and then like the craziest thing is is this you didn't go this year I tried to but just the days you know kind of get away from you and then kind of when you get back to the house you're like ah do I really want to head back out but um the day that they did the backdoor challenge or the unofficial backdoor challenge like I heard that it was like it used to be in the beginning of like the race days where everybody was just lining up, everybody was just trying to watch and it was just really cool. So, you know, like even on like the back door, the unofficial back door challenge, that's even going to be crazy because you have so many people down there just trying to like, you know, get you to go through it. And then obviously everybody heckles everybody. And it's kind of like, you know, a part of what King of the Hammers is, especially like at chocolate thunder and backdoor, those are so, you know, infamous for, so many different hecklers like this one crazy one that I saw this guy was we were at chocolate thunder and the race line if you're looking at the mountain the race line used to be on the left well the race line got completely messed up so you know the buggy jeep line is on the right well I guess somebody had broke down which you know is just like how it always happens and I have video of this and this buggy or this you know jeep guy um He tried to go up and around, but obviously the rocks are slippery. So his top of the vehicle, front of it slipped and fell on top of the Jeep. And the guy was underneath fixing his drive shaft as it happened. And all you do is you see this guy come out and he's like, what's going on? And it's just crazy. It's just crazy to see all the things that come out from King of the Hammers.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, you know, a lot of listeners call it a bucket list. We've got people on the internet. It's a bucket list event. Like. It's yeah, you you just have to go out there and experience it. It's it's crazy. It's gnarly. You're dirty. You're tired. You're probably hung over at the end of the whole thing. But it's like it's such an awesome, awesome experience. You know, it's one of those where, you know, it, it's not one of those sexy events like the Long Beach Grand Prix where you go and like there's uh, all kinds of amenities and, you know, it's clean and you're in a suite and it's like fun to watch all these million dollar cars. Like it's the total anti Long Beach Grand Prix but it's so much fun to go and be involved in an event like that because there's really, you know, there's really, it's one of a kind. There's nothing else on the planet like King of the Hammers. And I think that's what kind of makes this whole thing so special.
11: Yeah. And you know, we've all said it before and we've all talked about it. The burning, the burning man of off road and and different things like that. And, you know, it's it's really cool, and you never know, it. and Dave Cole and all of Hammer King Productions, they've done a really, really great job. Uh, the uh, Holly EFI shootout used to be right behind Hammertown Heights. Now they moved it this year to a little right of back door, and it was just really cool. And, you know, when we were driving up from Hammertown, and we've said this before, there's nobody there. You know, there's nobody there. It's in the middle of the desert, but for twelve days out of the year there's now probably seventy five thousand plus people there. But it was really cool driving from Hammertown and driving all the way up, you know, through the lake bed up towards Chocolate Thunder. And they had a big jumbotron there like they normally do. And it was it was literally like a drive in movie. Everybody pulled up. Um, it was really kind of cold and windy that day as well. So People pulled up, some were still in their vehicles, some were on top of their vehicles, there's little bonfires being made all around, bonfires being made up on top of the mountain, and it was just really cool to be a part of something like that. And I'm just very fortunate, you're very fortunate, both of us are very lucky that we get to work it as well as attend the event.
1: Oh, for sure, you know, and it's like sometimes I look and I go, I'm I'm being paid to be here? Like, what? How, how does this work? I, I feel that way about Cranon every year, too. I'm like, what? They're paying me to be here? Like, don't I have the luckiest job in the entire world right now, you know? Uh, I definitely get that feeling about KOH. I do want to circle back on KOH. We've got a lot more to talk about, Tiff, but we're going to take a short commercial break. and We return more with Tiffany Stone and myself here on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
5: Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
1: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Jim Beaver, Tiffany Stone here. Been talking some King of the Hammers. We're going to switch gears here in a minute, talk some uh, auto show, some Mint 400. Before we get to that, though, Tiff, I was listening back. We just dropped our King of the Hammers podcast that you and I did. We had uh, Sarah Price and Amy Quintero. We had the Matlocks, Wayne and Kristen. And then we had Brett Carpenter and Seth Kintero ended up popping in uh, from Polaris Razor. But I listened back, and it's like an hour and a half show. And it's one of those where you and I, like, we get into a groove and we start talking with people, and then you lose track of time. But I started listening back to the conversations we had. That had to have been, I would say, that show And the one we did at SEMA where you and me and Keegan Kincaid, we had Sam from Car Throttle and Rob Mack. Those have to be two of my favorite shows I think I've done in a very, very long time. And the one out at KOH, like to hear Amy Quintero, you know, the the sandwich mom and, you know, the team mom. Now all of a sudden she's sitting shotgun with Sarah Price and, uh, you know, and like, I, I don't know, the Matlocks and this, you know, this power couple who are just killing it in UTVs. Like, I don't know, that, that show, Tiff, and I think you and I both left it and went, man, that was a good show. And now listening back, like it doesn't disappoint.
11: No, I, I – I... agree with you. Um, I've actually never actually had the chance to talk to the Matlock. So talking to Kristen and Wayne Matlock, they're a great couple. Um, I've even told her like off air, you know, through comments, through DMs and stuff. I was like, I really am glad that I got to meet you. She's just a really good, inspiring person um, overall. She really puts forth a lot of the stuff, not only for her program, for her husband, but them as a team dynamic. And just hearing them, you know, she wants to win just as bad, and she's won overall in, in an N.A. compared to some of the guys in the Turbo. So it's just really cool to see her do that, and the dynamics that her and her husband have together, it's a very playful one. You can see that they really push each other, and they want the best for each other, all while still wanting to be on top of the box. So it, it's really cool. I'm glad to, you know, I got a chance to meet them. And then, you know, Seth, of course, wants to reiterate how old I am all the time. Oh, and cute. Seth wants to deny my um, proposals to prom since he found out how old I was. And he's like, man, you're old. And I was like, excuse me, Seth? He's like, to me, seriously. He's like, but maybe, but maybe. And I'm like, I mean, I, I technically, I guess I could be Seth's mom, to be honest. Like I could have had Seth in high school and he could be my child. So <laughs> there we go.
1: Don't age yourself, T-Stone. I, I can't remember if it was Brett Carpenter or somebody said on air. They're like, yeah, he's going to regret turning you down someday. Uh- he <laughs>
11: might. He might. You yeah. never know. You yeah. never know. When I get inducted into the Off-Road Hall of Fame, Seth's so going to be like, man, that one time I had a chance to take T-Stone or prom, and I told her no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, You know, one takeaway from that voice, switch gears though, not that particular part, but you were talking about the Matlocks and you're talking about Kristen. And I think one thing that I absolutely love about Kristen Matlock um, is that she was that woman that was out there supporting her husband and he was racing quads, things like that, you know, and it was like. Why am, I, why am I not racing? I can do this, too. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, girls can do this, too. Kristen, like, started racing, and now she's killing it, like, literally killing it. Got a factory razor contractor race, you know? But, like, I think, like, one thing I love about Kristen Matlock is it's a case in point. Like, we've got a lot of female listeners to this show. Part of it is, you know, because you come on the show, and we have a lot of, uh, you know, killer female athletes on here that are shredding it. But, you know, with Kristen, it was, you know, she – you know, it was one of those, I can do it too. And I encourage women. And I think she's case in point, look at Kristen Matlock. Like if there's any women that whether it be just go out on a razor on a weekend or on a dirt bike or, uh, you know, get into jeeping like you are, like I think she's case in point, see what she did. And like, if there's any women out there literally teetering on the edge, like, Oh, I'd like to try this. I'm a little nervous. Just do it.
11: Yeah. I mean, you're going to be more mad at yourself later on in life. You know, like I, I do the same thing. And, don't get me wrong, I probably have tons of people out there who have discredit the hard work or discredit and be like, well, she doesn't really build her Jeep. She doesn't really do this. I do have a hand in building in my Jeep. Do I own a shop? No. When I go into other people's shops, do I use all their tools? No. You know, I pay them, I ask them for help. But what people don't realize, you know, as, as much as that, when you're like, Oh man, I don't know what to do. You are literally trusting people with your life too. When they build your Jeep or build your UTV or build your trophy truck, truck, they are building it for you. So in return, they are trying to do everything to make you safe too. And just listening to somebody like Kristen, like I said, you know, she doesn't play necessarily the female role, and I, and I love that because I don't necessarily like playing the female role either because as soon as you are behind a steering wheel, locked in, harnessed in, helmet on, everything, that vehicle has no idea what you are, if you're a man or if you're a woman, old, young, what race, anything. And that's what I love so much about motorsports and off-road is because it takes that all away. You know it takes everything away, and just being able to talk to her she's she's a great role model for everybody, not just men, women, not just young, old. she's just a really good role model for everybody and i'm I'm glad that I had the pleasure to meet her and I don't think I've ever spoke. To- so highly like this before. Do I have a girl crush on Kristen Matlock? Is this what it seems like?
1: <laughs> I tell you what, if you're gonna have a girl crush on anybody, Kristen Matlock, she's definitely. Uh, I I don't think anybody's gonna argue with that. T Stone, like for sure, like you know, she's uh, she's a badass for sure. Um, but you know, talking about badasses, I know she will be in action as well as me. Uh, Mint four hundred. We're what two weeks out, week and a half out, two weeks out. Vegas is coming quick, man. Um, but, uh, that's coming up. Uh, you know, I know you and I are both going to be on side. I'm doing double duty. It sounds like doing, uh, hosting the TV along with you. And then also, also doing, uh, also actually racing. Um, but, uh, man, Mint 400, that's always one of our big ones. Also T stone. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there. I think this year, uh, they've got it, uh, uh, kind of the schedule is a little bit different. It's kind of, uh, going to be interesting to see how things play out.
11: No, I'm, I'm always excited. Um, the Mint 400 is a great, great event. The Martellis have always put on a great event for it, too, um, you know, with the multiple days of tech, tech and contingency down on Fremont Street. And honestly, sometimes I've talked to a lot of people and they tell me that Fremont Street is some of the best because you have, you know, the parades that are coming through and then they finish up down there. I mean, the parade starts on Las Vegas Boulevard, but, you know, they finish it up over um, down by the free, uh, Fremont Street and It's just really cool. You have Dinner of Champions. You have the Tech and Contingency. And a lot of people say that's the best place to see every single vehicle because every single vehicle that is racing the Mint 400 goes through Tech and Contingency through Fremont Street. So if you want to just see everything, I would just post up by somewhere and just watch them because that's some of the coolest, best things to be able to see all of them in one spot.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So, Before I let you go, though, I know we still got uh, we still got four or five minutes. But uh, so what's going on here? You're heading out to auto show in Cleveland. What's uh, what's the word out there, T-Stone? I'm kind of been removed a little bit from the auto show season. I know we're uh, I know we're like a month or two out. I I heard like in April, maybe. I believe they're uh, debuting the Bronco Ford is. So I I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the big thing looming over the auto industry right now. But you're heading out to auto show. What's uh, what's going on out there?
11: Uh, Not too much, but you are absolutely right. So the major shows are always L.A., Chicago, Detroit, New York. The thing that's so different this year is they've actually moved Detroit, which is the North American one, to June. Normally it's in January. So to start off the auto show season or your car, you know, debuting season, it would always be November would be L.A., January would be Detroit, February would be Chicago, and April would be um, New York. So, yeah, I heard that they're unveiling some stuff uh lexus is going to be unveiling some things as well come this uh new york show and but the ford bronco has been the thing everybody's talked about it everybody's seen it i mean i'm in michigan i've seen it but with all of the camouflage of course so i haven't seen it seen it yet obviously you can see the lines you know which way they're going for but um i think it will be so cool i really hope they they do something really really good for the press release and the unveil for that that would be really awesome to see
1: Well, you would think after two years worth of hype on a, actually a decade worth of hype on a vehicle that nobody's seen yet, they got to come out guns a blazing and swinging for the fences because like literally this is probably the most hype vehicle, I think I probably in automotive history. I would say that they've got a decade worth of hype into this Bronco, a full decade. I mean, they've had teaser images and things like that down 10, 12 years ago, like, this is crazy. Like they've got to hit a home run or they're going to have egg on their face. Not to say they're not going to hit a home run. Cause I do know people who have seen it and they've all said, yeah, this thing's a home run, but man, you want to talk about hype and, and having to really, really live up to it. Ford has kind of put themselves out there with his Bronco Tiff, And for you as a Jeep girl to be saying this, like, I mean, that, that's something for you to be excited about the Bronco and you're a Jeep girl. Like uh, that means, you know what Ford's got to deliver.
11: Yeah, no, I'm I'm expecting it. I, I want to see some stuff, and I, I actually own some Ford stock, so I, I hope that stock goes up a little bit <laughs> truth once, the, once the Bronco the comes, truth out. comes out.
1: The truth comes out. Do, you own, do you I own, own some Chrysler, Ford stock. Do you own Chrysler stock?
11: No, I do oh, not. Oh, you're own a Ford girl a for school. real.
1: We just learned something. We outed you on national radio,
11: Tiff. Oh, you no, are no. I had like to make smart business investments, uh, <laughs> and when Ford stock was down for a while, before it went back up, and <laughs> but yeah, no. So, anyways, um, I, I yeah, look at you that. change and the so, subject
1: right there. That was a full on. No, we're not talking about this. Let's go. Let, moving on. Look at you shifting gears.
11: Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> overall consensus. I'm excited for the broker to come up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. So when do you uh, – I know, so you got, uh, what, Cleveland Auto Show coming up and then uh, moving out uh, when when you're Tuesday into Vegas, correct, down on Fremont?
11: Tuesday into Vegas and then mid-March uh, after Vegas. I should have about a week and some off, a little bit of time. If you know my schedule, you know that I never actually have time off. Um, but should have some time off before 100 Acre Woods starts back up for ARA. So it should be a good day.
1: All right, Tiff. Well, good talking with you. We're up against a time break, uh, and we'll be back after this here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris.
12: products they offer increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term if this were just any door and this were just any ignition connected to just any transmission in just any vehicle then perhaps it would be okay to buy it from just anyone but this is not just any car it's a certified pre-owned mercedes-benz Every detail has been inspected and road tested by highly skilled Mercedes-Benz technicians. And it's all backed by an unlimited mileage warranty, which makes the decision of where to buy one simple. Your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. The certified pre-owned sales event going on now through March 7th. Come in today and enjoy a credit of up to $1,500 towards your first two payments through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Because in the end, it's absolute confidence in genuine Mercedes-Benz parts, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't.
9: See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on credit towards your first two months payment and certified pre-owned warranties.
5: You're listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. All killer and no filler.
1: Welcome back here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Uh, yeah, I guess it's the last segment. I never have a free segment on the show anymore. And it uh, seems like this week, somehow, some way we did. So you know what that means? It means we're going to do a fan Q&A. That's right. We're taking some fan questions. Some have been built up over the past couple of weeks. Some I've been hit up with on Twitter, some through uh, um, the contact form on the website, some DMs uh and uh some of them actually just come directly from our uh we've got a facebook group for the show jim beaver's action motorsports discussion actually you guys should definitely uh definitely join that because there's a lot of cool conversation content that gets posted up but i take fan questions off of that so uh if you do have fan questions and you want it uh, as we're airing hit me up at jim beaver 15 on twitter and uh we will get those questions uh in the show Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it's probably the big one right off the top. And this happened and, uh, uh, it's surrounding Steve Torrance. And obviously I posted into the, our, our group, you know, the answer on this, but somebody wanted to know what's the deal with Steve Torrance. He missed the opening rounds there in Pomona. Will we see him in Phoenix. What's the deal? Well, you know, Steve and I are a very, very, you know, we're good buddies. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine and, uh, you know, I think uh, the team put out a press release, and I think this is probably truce, right? I mean, why would they put out a press release, uh, you know, with anything less than truce? And basically, it says, you know, there was people speculating Steve's health is bad. You know, Steve in the past, he battled through cancer. It's an amazing story. Came out on top. Uh, They were saying something about, uh, I think, the team folding. They were pissed off at the NHRA. A bunch of stuff. So I'm going to read directly from the press release and the statement by Torrance Racing. and This is from K. Torrance, the owner of the team and uh, basically she goes, uh, after a week of often ridiculous speculation, team owner Kate Torrance confirmed Monday the one and only reason Steve Torrance Racing's Top Fuel, or Torrance Racing's Top Fuel Dragsters were absent from the season opening Lucas Oil Winter Nationals at Pomona, California, It was the NHRA's lack of urgency in acting upon the team's appeal of sanctions related to an incident involving the two-time Mellow Yellow champion driver, Steve Torrance. So, I'm assuming that's relating to, uh, you know, at the end of uh, last year, the shenanigans that went on. Uh, We've chimed in on that plenty of times. Steve's been on the show, talked about it. We're not going to rehash old news. But... I can confirm Steve Torrance will be in Phoenix. You know why? I've talked with a team. I'm actually going to be at the NHRA event in Phoenix. I'm doing an interview with Steve Torrance. I guarantee you I will ask this question. Um... But, uh, yeah, I can 1,000% guarantee each and every listener right now. And by the time we air on Sirius, you already know for a fact. If you're listening online, you're going to have to wait a day to confirm it. But Steve Torrance Racing, the Capco boys, them Capco boys, they will be in action in Phoenix. And you got to think, you know, coming off uh, another amazing championship year, they immediately are going to be one of the teams to beat, going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and, yeah, they will be in Phoenix. And, uh, you know what, Uh, they're one of my, I guess, one of my wild cards to take the win I don't know I I don't even want to say wild card but uh you know I think they're one of the favorites uh you know along with a handful of other drivers to take the victory there in Phoenix so yeah hopefully that dispels that thank you Lisa in Texas I'm sure you're a big Steve Torrance fan for uh for the question you probably already knew the answer by the time it got to air but uh yeah it was worth uh throwing in there anyways now we've got to Sam in Indy I'm assuming Indianapolis Indiana and uh he wants to know my uh, him he uh, I'm hoping I know some Sams that are female. I'm assuming this is Sam that it's a male. I don't know. We got a lot of female listeners. So Sam, my apologies, but Sam in Indy, my predictions on Indy. Uh, it says in, you know what are what are your Indy car predictions for this year? So uh, man, Indy car predictions. This is a wild wild one. I I guess a number one. The top of my list is a good friend of the show, Alexander Rossi. Rossi is due a championship. I, I mean, the damn dude, he's been as close as you can. If it wouldn't have been arguably for Sato last year, he would have taken the championship or he would have been right in the dogfight at the end. Um, my early favorite to take the whole damn thing is Alex Rossi. Anybody betting against Rossi? Yeah, I, I don't know how you can bet against the guy. That being said, Newgarten and Pagino are uh, – they are always tough. The Penske team you know is going to be on point, and uh, they are definitely tough to beat. And then you can't count out you, – you can't count out Scott Dixon. I mean, this guy, we talked about him earlier in the show, one of – The greatest drivers of the past decade. Probably one of the greatest drivers on the planet today. Uh, You can't count out Scott Dixon. So, obviously, those are kind of the big names. Those are the favorites. Those are up front. Let's get to the story behind the story, I guess. Um, Guys I would watch out for. Connor Daly. This dude has a really, really good ride with Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, He's got some backing. Obviously, he's not doing all the events, but he's going to be doing quite a few races this year. And I would say Connor Daly, we've seen him do some spectacular things and some one-off rides the past couple of years. I would say Connor with some stability back in IndyCar. I can't say full-time, semi-full-time. This dude, one to watch, hands down, absolutely. Uh, Another one to watch, I would say, and uh, we talked about it earlier in our power rankings, Hinchcliffe. James Hinchcliffe, this guy, you want to talk about a chip on your shoulder? Boy, oh boy, does Hinchtown have a chip on his shoulder right now. Uh, After the way things ended with his previous team, now he's got some stability there with with Andretti, at least for three races, maybe more. You want to talk about a guy who's going to be out to prove something, to prove the entire world and his old team wrong? James Hinchcliffe, you give a hungry driver the wheel of a top-flight IndyCar At Indianapolis Motor Speedway for two events, I got to tell you, Hinch, we're going to see a Hinch like we haven't seen before. I think the good times funny Hinch that I love having on air, oh, he's still there. But I think when that helmet hits, it is gas on, game on. Hinch is going to be the man this year at those rounds. I think he's going to be up there. He's going to be a top five guy. And he's not one that you're going to want to bet against when the green flag drops. Hands down for sure. Uh, other, I, I guess really one of the teams I would say to really watch out for this year, they've been doing a lot of tooling there with A.J. Foyt. And, uh, you know, Foyt's a legend. He's a motorsports legend. Nobody's going to argue that. Um, but, uh, you know – I think, you know, they've got obviously Kanan, Tony Canan. he's, you know, he's got a, it's his swan song year, but then they bring in Sebastian Bourdais. Bourdais, you want to talk about one of the all-time greats? Uh, obviously, I think his stats in IndyCar would be one of the all-time greats if he didn't go and, uh, you know, and spend a few years in Formula One, but uh, Sebastian Bourdais, that guy, um, he's going to do some amazing things for AJ Ford Racing. I think he's another to uh, watch out for this year as well. And, uh, you know, you got, you got to. You gotta look at McLaren also, you know. You never know what the heck. Um uh what is it? Smith Peterson Arrow McLaren Motorsports, what they're gonna have. Obviously, they've uh, invested in some young guns. Rumor is that Alonso might be coming in for the Indy five hundred. We should have n- news. I know Alonso has inked a seat, we just don't know where yet. So uh my I'm assuming it's with them now that Hinch signed with Andretti. I don't know. They that they're an interesting one to watch as well. So predictions, I don't know. Um, you know, you make me pick the championship, I'm saying Rossi. Um, but the, that's about as far as I can go right now. Um, So, uh, yeah, I guess we, we got, uh, man, we got a lot of questions to get to today. Um, Next one, this is Mike in Las Vegas. What do you think uh, is going on here? He, basically, Mike's question is we've got uh, the two Laughlins, we've got San Felipe, and we've got the Mint 400 all crammed within a month of each other. Um, You know, how do I think that's going to affect the sport of off-road? Well, I think, Mike, we're already seeing how it's affecting the sport of off-road. Entries at Laughlin are a little bit light. Entries at the Mint 400 are a little bit light. And uh, I think uh, once San Felipe, San Felipe was light, but it's too early to tell. That's still a month out. Uh, And the other Laughlin, you know, we'll we'll see once that rolls around. That's a UTV-only event. Um, I think it'll be all right. But uh, I think Mint and this other Laughlin have really kind of pulled entries from each other. And I think it kind of sucks, to be honest with you. Um, it's just me being me. Um, you know, I uh, it is what it is. You know, I don't know what the time slot Best in the Desert had with BLM for that Laughlin permit. Obviously, the Mint 400 has been on the same date for years now. So they weren't going to change. But uh, I don't know the politics of the whole situation. Truly don't. Um, but uh yeah, it just sucks to have four major desert races all within a month of each other. Uh, you know, and then you look back and we're not far removed from King of the Hammers, which had a lot of U T V teams and the trophy truck teams there, T one teams and uh, you know, before that four twenty five, two fifty. It's just a lot of events to start the year. Uh a lot of events. So uh yeah, that's uh that's kind of what uh that's kind of what I'm thinking, uh, you know. I I don't know. It's it's definitely affecting entry numbers, that's for sure, across the board. Um, next one. Uh, this is Robbie in Atlanta. Hey, heard your show on Sirius last week for the first time ever. Never tuned to, into it online. Congrats. Uh, I also noticed on Twitter that you have an eNASCAR team. He's like, uh, basically, how can I get involved in eNASCAR? This looks amazing. Well, yeah, Robbie, uh, it, it is amazing. It's something that's uh, that's really got uh, me the hooked the past year. Uh, biggest thing, go over to iRacing. I know uh, if you go to our website, downanddirtyshow.com, we actually have a coupon code that'll get you a discount. I think it's 50% off at iRacing. Uh, just hit uh, the link to the show on the front page. It'll take you to the link over there to uh, uh, iRacing. It'll give you a 50% off coupon. But, uh, you know, all that being said, uh, you know, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, what you see on TV uh, you know, go and get a good steering wheel, get uh, get a pedal box and start racing. And they've got leagues, they've got practicing, they've got a thing called the Road to the Pro. And, you know, you never know, a couple of years from now, you could be driving, uh, you know, there on, uh, well, last year we saw it on NBC Sports. This year we saw it, uh, you know, this year we've seen it... Um, um, you know, some great numbers from Daytona, uh, you know, for the opening round there and people tuning in on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook and everything else. So, uh, thanks for the question, Robbie from Atlanta. Yeah. E-NASCAR and, and shoot just about anything, off-road, short course, rally cross, uh, Porsche racing, Indy cars, you can do it all on iRacing. Um, check it out. eNASCAR is definitely a big deal. And, uh, you know, um, it's, I got to tell you, they got a proper ladder system and it, and it doesn't cost money. It, all it does is, you know, takes talent. So, uh, Yeah. Uh, Next up, we got, uh, this is Blake in Arizona. He's like, I've been listening to you for a long time. I just turned 18. I want to race a UTV. How do I get sponsors? Well, Blake, how do you get sponsors? I would say the A, number one, top way to get sponsors when you get started racing is not to worry about sponsors. That's right. If you are getting into racing and you've got to get a sponsor to pay for everything, you're probably in the wrong sport. Uh, most people who start out don't have sponsors. You start out at the ground floor. You nickel and dime. You work your way up to the top, and then uh, you know, and then the sponsors start coming in. Um, you know, so I would say if you haven't even raced a race yet, don't even worry about uh, approaching somebody for a sponsor. Get out there, get racing. You'll start meeting people, and then some of the sponsors will start uh, will start coming in. Um, that is absolutely the best way to do it, especially if you're getting started in off road. There's so many UTVs racing. You know, you're not going to get anybody to step up, pay any kind of money until uh, you get out there and racing. Get some results, prove yourself, prove that you can be at the track every single weekend. Sponsors will come. That being said, uh, you know your social media program. Definitely invest in yourself in social media. Start posting. Start tagging companies that you're using their products. Um, you know what I mean? Start uh, start having a presence. Let people know. Um, write up a race recap and then submit it to all these uh, websites. Put it on a Facebook page that you created. You know what I mean? Make content out there. Get your name out there. Uh, that's what you need to do beforehand. And then once you have that, you'll start getting some sponsors involved. And I think that goes with anything. It goes with podcasting. I get people all the time. How do you get an advertiser on your podcast? You start podcasting. You can't get the sponsors before you have the podcast. Get the podcast show numbers. Sponsors will come in, or advertisers will come in. I think that's the biggest problem with everything. Everybody wants that instant gratification nowadays. Everybody wants it now. They want they want their cake and they want to eat it too. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're starting a podcast, a YouTube channel, a race team, uh, whatever you're starting, an esports program, whatever you're starting. If you don't have You know, if you don't have content, if you don't have a a proof of concept out there, nobody's going to invest in a pipe dream. Trust me, I got lots of pipe dreams and I don't have any kind of funding for them, you know. I wish I did, but I don't. So, uh, you know, that being said, you know, anybody listening, uh, you know, I know Bryce Menzies in his segment uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, he he said it best. We're going to drop that uh uncut in the off-road edition over there on itunes this week um but uh yeah bryce said it the best he's you know just get out there start driving do it do do get behind the wheel, whatever you can. If it's going to the local karting center, K one speed, and that's the best you can do, get behind the wheel. Anything you're driving is going to, uh, is going to improve you and make you a better uh, driver competitor. And, uh, you know, and, and it's going to, you know, make you more attractive to sponsors. So, uh, yeah, good questions this week. I know we need to do this a little bit more often, but, uh, I am, uh, I'm going to take a short commercial break here. And, uh, when we come back, Uh, We're going to wrap up the show here on this week's edition of the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
4: Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, Call the Debt Helpline
2: now. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. That's 800-957-6063.
8: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I Recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call one 888 330 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is one 888 330 If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dodogoo.com. Now available at select
10: Big 5 stores near you.
2: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
5: Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
1: Welcome back here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Thanks to all of you for tuning in, whether it be on AFN, Sports Byline, SiriusXM, Apple Podcast, or uh, our website. Thanks for the continued support of the show. Thanks to Tiffany Stone, Chris Leone for calling in. And uh, yeah, I got to tell you guys, uh, we'll probably dive into it next week. But uh, if you haven't already, go over to Netflix, watch the T- Willie T. Ribs documentary. It's called Uppity Worth. I, I can't say every cent because you're not paying for it. you got Netflix, I guess. But uh, it is definitely worth the uh, two-hour investment to watch. Crazy, crazy good uh, documentary. Adam Carolla and the guys at Chassis Media absolutely killed it. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely go and watch that. Big shout-out to uh, all our amazing partners here in the show. General Tire, Polaris, Razor, Vision, Wheel, Dirtfish, Gibson, Exhaust, Optimus starters, rigid industries, GSP XTV Axles, iRacing, our good friends uh, over there at RacingJunk.com, and uh, everybody who just continues to support the show, like our good friends at Acronis as well. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for listening in. Make sure and go over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, uh, you know, and uh, and you know leave a rating or view over there on Apple Podcasts. Definitely uh, definitely supports us uh, more than you guys actually actually know. Uh, next uh, I will be in action at the Mint. 400. We got to what a Bryce Menzies interview dropping this week in the off-road edition. Uh, I believe on, uh, Project Action, what do we have in store for Project Action? Maybe the Menzies interview is dropping in Project Action. I don't know. I'm going to be on site at the NHRA this uh, this weekend as well. So if you're in Phoenix at the NHRA event, definitely hit me up and uh, let me know you're out there. Would love to, uh, love to link up with some of the listeners of the show. But uh, I am going to sign off for this week. Hopefully you guys have a great week, an even better weekend. And we'll see you next time right here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Show powered by Polaris Razor.